Hello, this is Dr. Doug Wyatt, and this is the Consideration of Christianity as a Scientist series, podcast number two, Considering the Bible. In our last podcast, we considered acceptance of a creator God. If you have not listened to that podcast, please do so. We continue by discussing the Bible, a fascinating subject where the interactions of the creator with the created are captured. Just saying the word Bible creates an image in our minds. For some, a flexible black leather bound book with gold leaf page edges and holy Bible printed on the front in silver or gold. For others, a large, heavy, and ornamented hardbound book, often in Latin with illuminated manuscripts, or a textbook style, or a paperback, many different images. I have a copy of the Bible micro-printed on a film smaller than the size of a business card. I have actually read it through a microscope. Throughout history, the Bible has been the most read, most translated, most sold, most banned, most burned, most loved, most hated book in history. I must confess that it has been often used to promote hate, promote human power, and belittle people. I have seen that far too often. However, it was never, never, ever intended for that purpose in any of its historical forms. So how does a document written by at least 40 authors over a period of 1,500 years have any relevance for us? Why is it the number one most published and most read book in human history? It is impossible in the modern technological and educated world to escape its references in conversation or literature. Why is it such a remarkable book? Let us chat about that. Simply because the Bible is so universal in our human historical knowledge and existence, we as scientists should be fully aware of its contents and by understanding its contents, understand its importance and meaning. Once we do this, then we can consider belief. For our discussion, I am considering the Bible to be the Holy Bible of our mutual experience, the Old and New Testaments, and maybe even the Apocryphal text. Even in today's more secular world, the Bible is still one of the top handful of researched and studied publications, top handful of books read, and still the top book translated into various global languages. It comes in various published and electronic forms. Many people I know have a full reference copy of the Bible on their cell phones. I do. If derivative research and philosophical publications and electronically transmitted or internet media are considered, the Bible and its studies are overwhelmingly, dominantly, number one. There must be a reason why. Every person who has seriously studied the Bible rational thinking people and many scientists read certain parts and say great moral information is here then read other parts and say wait a minute that's not possible given the laws of the universe we know we all struggle with that and so let us briefly discuss what is in the bible and what is its purpose the bible is uniquely a judeo-christian set of documents that exist in variations for different christian and jewish sects or divisions it is a holy book in islam variations are generally subtle translational differences or very minimal additions or deletions of various source documents 
or parts of source documents. Variations usually take the form of differences in ritual, ecclesiastical government, or eschatology. Overall, for greater than 95% of the book, the central message and theme of the Bible is accepted by all Christians as containing the desired best behaviors, the concept of an omniscient, omnipresent creator God, a revealed religion sought by and serving the creator God, the historical relationship and interactions of God with humans, and finally the direct intervention of God for humans through Christ and our next iteration of existence. In a conversation with a theological scholar friend, he made this statement. Of the Bible's approximately 738,000 words, take away a couple of thousand and the world's Christian religions would have nothing to argue about. It is so true in today's world that wars are fought and hatred abounds over a quarter percent difference in our various beliefs, a truth in all overall human nature. Many believe the Bible is the direct spoken or spirit-guided word of God. Many believe the Bible contains the word of God and a history of human responses to and with God. Many believe it is a historic or philosophical, ethical, and interpretive dialogue, good and evil in history. Some believe it is a sophistry. Many think that it is just interesting historic literature. Some believe it is nothing but fiction and folklore. However, all agree it is interesting. The Bible has been the leading cause of the growth of historical scholarship in much of the world. We must all study for ourselves, but with an open and discerning mind. I am going to propose to you that the Bible is the central, a priori, reference document to understand the relationship, our relationship, between our Creator God and mankind. As with any set of information, there are people who will believe every word, there are people who will interpret things differently, and there are people who will totally disagree with what they read. This is true for the Bible as well. There are Christians who believe that the Bible is inspired word by word, directly recorded from the mouth of God. There are others who believe the next extreme that it is just a book, a philosophy, written by men who had an understanding of God. When the Jews look at the Old Testament, that same range of opinion exists, and even when Muslims read the Old Testament, that same range of philosophy exists. Evangelical Christians will say that every word is straight from the mouth of God. More traditional Christians might say that the Bible contains the word of God as it has been interpreted through people that recorded the information. In the extreme, there are religious groups, dominantly fundamentalist Christian groups, that worship the book itself as being the manifestation of the word of God on earth, or in the universe for that matter. I have my opinions and I will not try to convince you one way or another. All I want you to do is consider the information that is there, to read it yourself with an understanding, a thought process, based on our first podcast. No matter your thoughts or opinions of the Bible, if you accept my premise that, at an absolute minimum, the Bible contains the relationships of the Creator God discussed in our first podcast with creation, particularly humanity, then we can identify some meaningful understanding. First, the initial parts of the Old Testament deals with two seminal events in human history, the failure of the original man and woman to obey their creator and thereby create disharmony, sin, between man and God, and the second is the history and the descendants of a Chaldean Sumerian named Abram, soon to become known in history as Abraham.
In the most common biblical organization, the texts before the stories of Abraham and his descendants contain very interesting and historical topics of scientific interest, such as the Garden of Eden concept, Tower of Babel concept, the flood story, other civilizations, etc. Things movies are made from, but primarily these stories, histories, are to establish the lineage of Abraham to the point the Bible records his call from God. A precedent synopsis of world history, in many ways a historical Cliff Notes version. The Bible was not intended to be a scientific text. After all, to the writers, what existed was just that, what existed. It was assumed, a common fact of the day, that someone, the creator deity, a being more than the humans or animals, had created what existed. For someone at the time, it was sort of a, well, duh, concept. The point, I believe, was to define and establish the creator God and his initial relationship to the future children of Abraham. However, the first few chapters of, chapters of the Bible are a fascinating, meaningful, and important read with theology, geology, philosophy, anthropology, sociology, zoology, astronomy, physics, arguably all sciences involved. Much of our modern science owes its existence to theologically based foundational researchers who studied this material in the light of what they saw in creation, in the observable world, as a way to understand God. The Old Testament Bible teaches that God selected a particular man and made a choice to establish a long-term process, at least to us bounded by time, to establish a distinct lineage or family group of people, a defined population, whose sole job was to represent, worship, and support God on earth towards an overall end game. The Old Testament establishes a history, a system, a law, a code, for these people to live by and then describes the success and failures of this. We all know much of this, such as the Ten Commandments that have become the basis for all Western law. The Old Testament establishes a lifestyle, daily practices that set apart the chosen people. It creates a culture. The Old Testament establishes a sacrifice method for the chosen people to seek redemption and forgiveness for their failings to comply with the deserved behaviors. The Bible makes it obvious that there were many other people besides those he had chosen, no less of value, still creatures of God, loved by God, but distinct nonetheless. And, as mentioned earlier, the Bible implies a whole other existence prior to us, with beings in coexistence with us. We typically understand these as angels. This excites me, but I'm straying from the topic. Most of the remainder of the Old Testament has to do with the relational ups and downs of the chosen people with God, with other peoples, separation and redemption, and with historical highlights of several special relational events, key civilizations, and key people. It is a commonly cited historical reference document among theologians, philosophers, historians, and archaeologists. Interwoven in these stories are histories, poetry, songs, and the moral and behavioral desires God wants us to have with the predictions of a future redemption and the understanding of a living sacrifice as a necessary requirement of love and redemption. Interwoven in these stories is the moral, behavioral, and brother relationships desired by all men with guidance and thought-provoking wisdom that elevates human thought to the level of wisdom and spirit.
The Bible teaches us that we can think of God and gives methodologies and examples. Implicit in all of this is that the Old Testament allows us humans, the created, full free will in our decisions. Add to this that it maintains a synergistic coherence during the 1500 years of its authorship, which in itself is remarkable. This has been an elevator speech synopsis of the Old Testament, which I know will anger and dismay some of my biblical scholar friends. I am not diminishing the Old Testament of the Bible much the opposite, because with just this synopsis, the Bible has impacted and guided the history of the world and the lives of billions of people. To us as a scientist, this alone suggests that there is something unique, seminal, foundational about the Bible. It has the force of divine inspiration and human reactional experience behind it. The Bible is the intellectual force which guides us to understand God. This said, I will also mention that I do believe people can naturally understand and develop a relationship with God. Abram did not have the Bible. We do have the Bible, and it gives us magnificent insight. You may know more about the Old Testament than you know. If you have heard any of these phrases, then you have heard a few key ideals of the Old Testament. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. From the book of Micah. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. From the book of Leviticus. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. From the Psalms. Who can argue against these? These are ageless human goals, and study of the Old Testament is a worthwhile pursuit. So what about the New Testament? It does not exactly begin where the Old Testament left off. I have heard some describe the New Testament as volume two of the Bible, just picking up maybe 450 years later. In a way, that is understandable since in most publications of the Bible, particularly in the Western world, the Bible is both the Old and New Testaments in that order. Let's discuss the New Testament. Sword play has been had over these next few thoughts, so I will speak carefully. One of the first things to consider is that the New Testament was written over a period of about 50 to 60 years instead of the 1500 years or so for the Old Testament, essentially within a human lifetime. As a scientist, I believe this changes the way we view and analyze the document. For example, the review of the scholarship of the facts and stories recounted in the New Testament could be verified by others living at the time and against the news circulating in the region. There were living eyewitnesses and others with actual experiences discussed in the documents. In the period of about 40 to 95 AD, those at the time would read the, would read the foundational documents of the New Testament as current or recent events, whereas the Old Testament would be read as historical data. This is an important consideration. A second thing to consider is that the New Testament is much more focused on a single theme. 
It does not describe the origins or history or go into the extensive genealogies or record the writings of key figures such as the Psalms by David and others or the wisdom writings of Solomon. It does not go into the writings of the prophets, but it does reference some of them as it does other portions of the Old Testament. The New Testament accepts the Old Testament as reality and simply recounts a moral story of love and sacrifice. The impacts of that love and sacrifice, the results of that love and sacrifice, and teaches us a redefined path of love and sacrifice as we seek to approach God. The Old Testament set up the path and conditions for this love and sacrifice and predicted its occurrence while the New Testament documents its accomplishment. If the Bible were viewed as a dissertation or a thesis, the Old Testament could be considered the description of the problem, previous work, and the planned experimental method, and the New Testament as the conclusions and the path forward. As with the Old Testament, you probably know more than you think of the teachings and stories of the New Testament, such as these. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In the book of Matthew. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. From the book of Matthew also. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, from the book of 1 Corinthians. Again, who can argue with these teachings? It is truly remarkable that a corporate body of literature assembled over such a long period of time has such consistent themes and a message with a maintained central focus. It would be easy to say that the same group of people wrote the Bible with the same set of beliefs, but that is not necessarily the case. It was such a great length of time between various parts of the Bible being written and considerable differences in the global, regional, national, and political situations that even though people may have had some previous knowledge of the Bible theme, the stories are remarkably consistent. In all of my studies, it has been absolutely remarkable to me that the growth of the belief in an almighty creator God and his son, the foundation of Christianity, is really based on just a few thousand recorded words. Everything else in the Bible contains our reactions to those words and then to God's reactions to our reactions. It is just a phenomenal book. It is more than a book. It is a culture of belief given to us as a gift of love and understanding. I believe this is the reason it has persisted for thousands of years, and I strongly suspect it will persist for thousands of years more. If it were to instantaneously disappear, we would reconstruct it from memory and belief because it is an essential need of mankind. I had a fellow geology professor friend of mine who was an agnostic if not an atheist, yet he could quote the entire King James Bible from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation, word from word, and start anywhere you wanted. It turns out that his father was a minister, and when he got into trouble with his dad, he was locked in a room and made to read the King James Bible, so he memorized it word for word. My point? Just knowing the words in the book is not what is intended. It's understanding the meaning behind the stories and the meaning behind the philosophies and the meaning behind the teachings that are there. It is a record that was intended to be understood and felt 
while recording the philosophy and history of its authors. The Bible is something you have to read to understand and be able to intellectually discuss. Those who try to discuss it without a thorough understanding do not have the comprehensive view of the document. As scientists, we always try and review the original source material, the a priori inceptions. The Bible is such an important book that all of us who try to understand the universe in which we live should understand the Bible. We should study it just as we study any other book. However, it's not just any other book. The book is a source of hope, inspiration, love, problem solving, relaxation, devotion, uh, faith. It is an answer to many of life's questions, if not all of life's questions, in some form or another. I hope I have encouraged you to take a look. In the next podcast, we will consider Christ, Jesus, Yeshua, the Son of the Creator God, Living God. Thank you for listening, and I pray for your health and happiness. I hope you join our next podcast. As always, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name be the glory. Thank you.